Well, coaches, it is that time again. So many of our favorite time of the week, Real Talk time. Uh, so excited to be with you here on this lovely day. Uh, as we get started, a couple quick pieces of housekeeping. Uh, maybe this is your first time on Real Talk. Maybe you're an old uh, veteran of Real Talk. Wherever you happen to fall in on that, I uh, just want to make you aware of a couple things. One, these are recorded. So uh, with that being the case, uh, you do have the opportunity to go back and listen to this again so you can hear the, the wisdom, the vulnerability, uh, the making fun of less, you know, all the things that we do to make Real Talk such a great time. Uh, lot, lots of good stuff to be had there. Uh, so again, if, if this is your first time, uh, welcome for that. Uh, <laughs> a couple things with that. Uh, these do tend to be very large groups, usually several hundred of you at a time on here. Uh, maybe a little lower on today's recording is we're recording this the day before Thanksgiving. And so a lot of people are probably out traveling and having fun uh, that way. So if, if you're catching the recording because you're out for Thanksgiving, hopefully you had a wonderful Thanksgiving with family or friends uh, or nobody, if that's the way you wanted to do it. Uh, but hopefully you, you, by the time you're listening to this, if it's not live, are 90% mashed potatoes, 10% corn, and uh, a little bit of turkey in there too. Not, I didn't leave myself any percentage points there. So there's that. Uh, but Love to have you participate here in the chat box. Several ways to do that uh, would be the chat box. Make sure you're setting your chat box to everyone. Uh, go ahead down there on your chat box. You should see a little button. It'll probably say two. Make sure you click there to everyone. The reason for that is the things that you say to everyone will not only go to everyone, but will also show up in a transcript with the recordings. You can go back and read the chat box as well. Um, so we want to make sure that that's available to you. And uh, other than that, you can also toss things here in the Q&A box. So as you have questions for the panel on the topic of today, you can submit those in the Q&A and would love to get your questions there. The chat box tends to move fast and furious. So if you put questions in the chat box, we may or may not see it in time to give you an answer. So if you've got questions for the panel specific to today's topic, make sure you're tossing those in the Q&A box. And because someone asked, where do I find recordings? If you log into your FCMT account on the left side of your screen, uh, you will see there a button marked Real Talk. Uh, there you can get these in both podcast format. So if you want to listen to us while running or doing the dishes or whatever it is, driving, uh, you don't want to see our faces, uh, you can do that. You can also get the link there uh, for past Real Talks on our unlisted YouTube panel there. And you can find tons and tons of hours. I think last time I counted, we have like 36 hours of available content. Uh, that's that's a lot of listening to the three or four of us, uh, depending on who was there that day. Uh, but either way, lots of content available to you. Uh, let's jump in. And uh, Lisa is going to be leading our discussion today. So Lisa, start us off. <laughs> Which is actually really, really funny because y'all, I told the, the fellas, we, you, the, real, real talk here. Most of the time, it's Wednesday mornings, and we begin to talk about what um, really what's on our hearts and what's on our minds, um, and we start talking about what we've been hearing from you as we've done development calls, as we've done uh, RPC calls and uh, boot camp calls, and, um, and and we're hearing from you, and um, so then we begin to talk about we you know, what do we want to bring up, what's relevant to our coaches, and um, so. Um, I said, well, I'll, I'm happy to lead today in our discussion and, you know, bring you guys in. And um, I said, but I don't, I don't know what I'm going to ask you until I'm going to ask you. How about that? And um, I, I, number one, they're all cool with my MO. That's kind of my thing. Uh, well, less, most of, of us course, are. less, of course, jokingly is like, but I'm a planner. I have to know what you're going to ask. Who, so I can who plan are my planners my... out there? Who are my planners? <laughs> Uh, Don't yeah, we want to have planner? an idea of what we're going to that's talk the about? Planner. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's a good question. Now they're all coming in. I, I'm a planner. Y'all, planners, y'all can put it in there too. But if you're not, put in there, I'm free spirit. Uh, all's good. Put in there. If you're free spirit and it's all good, just, just put it in there. Show me my people. All right. Show me my people. Um, so it, we we then began to joke about you know who and it, you know what does this look like? What of course it's a season of gratitude, and I know we don't even have to talk to you to know that that's where your hearts and minds are in reflection 
on gratitude and what you're grateful for. We had this beautiful Devo this morning, y'all. Um, it is tradition here at Ramsey Solutions that on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, we do a devotion where uh, we are reminded by our leader, Dave himself, reads the proclamation from Abraham Lincoln in establishing the holiday that has become Thanksgiving. And it is a beautiful proclamation. And then we go on to have several of our team members tell story uh, in, in, in the mindset of gratitude. Well, uh, one of our stories was, was presented today by Les. Uh, Tim has presented in the, la in the, in the last year. And um, uh, that's one thing I'm very grateful for is story. Um, it, it is about that because I don't know people's story until there's relationship, right? I, I, I love, I mean, I believe tr people are just absolute treasures. Everybody has a story. And um, some we know, some we don't. It's, it's, we may not know stories of people who are fairly close to us. I, I had somebody recently say, Lisa, how come I never knew that about you? I just never shared it maybe in that context before. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I'm most grateful for are people's stories. And so guys, what I'm going to ask you all to do is this. Um, I, I want you to, to share a story. Now it's Thanksgiving. It's there's food involved. Everybody likes food, right? Uh, we can bond, we can build relationship, breaking bread. Jesus did it all the time, right? That's what he did, broke bread with people. And um, the most amazing stories in the Bible have come from those moments where he was lounged around a table, right? And probably some of yours have been too. So that's kind of where I'd like to start. And coaches listening, I want you all to put some things in the chat box. Think about, it doesn't have to be a Thanksgiving memory. It, it's, it's, a, it's a memory, it's, a, it's something that was shared around a dinner table, a lunch that you had, something that affected you, something simple. But here we are in a food and Thanksgiving season. We're going to marry the two. I don't know if the three of you would like to start, but just take a minute, quick story, something that brought you gratefulness as you're hearing somebody's story. I'll go first. Thanks, Justin. You know, this time is is great uh, for me. I love Thanksgiving because I have a history in my family, the Weaver family, going back who knows how long, of we would always gather at Granny Weaver's house in Calhoun, Georgia. Country as could be. My southern gets real thick, y'all, when I'm around my family. <laughs> It is bad. And my wife makes fun of me too. She says, wow, your Southern knowledge gets so much worse around your extended family. But I want, I want to set the picture. I want to set the stage for a country Thanksgiving. All right. My, my cousin, Michael, and my uncle, Steve, they pull up in their big truck and each one of them has a grill in the back of their truck. They unload it into the front of Granny Weaver's yard and they open up the grill and they grill the best steak and chicken and whatever it doesn't even matter it's just going to be delicious coming off that grill and granny weaver's in the kitchen uh cooking on cast iron skillets you know Les and i were talking a little bit about that the other day and then we get to sit around there's not a table that's big enough for the whole weaver clan that comes to this event and then we get to sit and hear stories and that's some of my favorite times being around the whole family getting to hear stories of Cecil Weaver back from the Civil War generation that I'd ever even knew, something like my great-great-grandfather, something like that, and just hearing about my dad growing up on the farm there in Calhoun, hearing stories of my grandfather who's now passed away, but just, just, oh, the legacy, the family, the good memories, the good food, it is something that I am so thankful for, and you know, I'm, I'm excited to be able to do that now with my own kids, although the family looks different now because the older generation is moving on 
and uh, that I grew up with. But now I get to bring in part of a new generation of weavers to that same family table and continue those same family traditions. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, ah, that's what heaven feels like to me. It's so good. So yeah. that's, that's my, that's my story. Wow, that is, in uh, thinking about that, bringing those boys in, Justin has three young boys. What are their ages, Justin? 11, nine, and six. Yeah, so um, the old generation who's passed, and now Justin being able to share their stories and his story, right? It, it, it just, it, it never ends. It's just a continual cycle. Um, so I'm grateful with you, Justin, that that's, that's the space that you're living in right now and uh, sharing those stories. It is important. I don't want my kids to ever look back and, and wonder, you know, what was my mom's childhood like? Because I've kept it to myself. I love that. Or my grandparents or what that was like because I kept it to myself for whatever reason. Um, it's a gift, Justin, that you're giving in those moments, a gift that has no monetary value at all. It's eternal value. That's good stuff. Who else? Les, Tim, who'd like to go next? Go ahead, Les. I know you have quite a deep repository of stories. <laughs> hey, I'm the planner. I'm the one who has to think through this stuff. I mean, you're the one that likes the improv, right? So, um, oh, I don't know yet. <sighs> Thanksgiving, 2002. Um, our youngest was 10, our other two were teenagers. Um, we had just another day of Thanksgiving. We, we, uh, we have a little tree, it's a little fake kind of tree. Um, it's about a foot, foot and a half high. And it allows you to have like these leaves on the tree. And what you do is you put on those leaves what you're thankful for. Uh, and then after we have our, our, our dinner, we sit back and just, read all the thankfulness that we have as a family and it was just another day of thanksgiving to us and we didn't realize that 21 days later our uh, our son was going to be diagnosed with uh, leukemia and that we would spend the next year at vanderbilt children's hospital and now it really comes down to the real the real deal are you thankful even when things aren't going your way? Are you thankful even when you're fearful of maybe someone being seriously hurt or potentially even dying? Are you still thankful? And that was the first year the Nino family had an opportunity to show thankfulness just 21 days later after we were just a thankful family for life and life's so good and everything's so wonderful and we're all healthy and hmm. Boy, we learned a whole different, Thanksgiving was never the same after that year because we realized we're thankful to God in spite of what we have to endure, in spite of what we have to um, experience, knowing that he does sustain us. He does carry us through the ups and downs of life. And we hadn't had many downs up until then. And that was a major drop. <laughs> but I believe we're even more thankful every Thanksgiving now because of life, because of God's sustaining us in the midst of what goes on. This world doesn't always promise us happy days every day of our life. And so we're even more thankful today because of experiencing life that wasn't so happy for a while there. <laughs> Man, that's a powerful question to ask ourselves. I'd never really articulated that that way. Can I, uh, am I thankful when I'm fearful? I'd never really questioned myself that way less. Um, boy, that's a that's a takeaway right there for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, am I thankful when I'm fearful? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, because that is an isolated, lonely place to be. Fear. And that's what it's designed to do, right? To isolate us and create loneliness and being alone, that feeling of being alone. And it's, yeah, can, am, am I thankful when I'm fearful? <laughs> wow. Hmm. Tim? So 
there's one specific story and then like a kind of theme that comes to mind as I think about Thanksgiving. The specific one was was kind of an interesting one. Um, I, I'll tell kind of a, an end portion of the story first to, to kind of set the stage here. Um, my, my wonderful dad getting a call at about three o'clock in the morning on Thanksgiving uh, with a health related question. Um, so it, it's the night before Thanksgiving and I am deeply asleep in bed while my lovely wife is doing all kinds of preparation for the next day. And she's more of a night owl anyway. And while deeply asleep in bed, uh, I suddenly hear several loud profanities uh, shouted from downstairs. So I run downstairs to discover what is happening. And there is a pillar of fire coming out of our oven. So for those of you that do not know, um, Crisco, highly flammable substance. So that's just a free little uh, bonus for all of you that are preparing for Thanksgiving this year, that Crisco, highly flammable. And if you are baking an apple pie <clears throat> consisting of a Crisco-based crust, as many of us do, and you forget to put a large cookie sheet underneath said pie, and any amount of the, uh, the, the crust would say boil over out of the pie tin and make its way down to the heating element, what you find at three o'clock in the morning is a pillar of fire that is not the Lord leading you around Egypt, but just a huge problem in a rented home. Uh, so I, I appear into this moment, and the first thing I do is close the oven, thinking maybe we can choke out the fire for lack of oxygen. Unfortunately, ovens have ventilation systems, and so that did zero good. And at that point, I ran around freaking out, trying to remember where our fire extinguisher was. Spoiler alert, hanging on the wall in plain view, because that's where fire extinguishers in the kitchen belong. Excuse me. So we get through the, this fire. Uh, the fire dies down a little bit. We quickly remove the pie, carefully enough, and go ahead and uh, I, I pump the oven full of fire extinguisher materials and we put the fire out. House is saved. And my dad gets this call from me early in the morning asking if it's safe to cook in this oven. Don't know why we wouldn't just Google it. Uh, the only thing I could think to do, call my dad and ask him and we ended up cleaning out the oven. Thanksgiving went okay. So I tell that story because sometimes the things that throw us off can throw us off really badly. And as we're talking about, even this morning, the idea of planning and preparing, we were prepared for a fire. We had a fire extinguisher, but sometimes in that moment, everything leaves your head. And so coaches, says, we're thinking about what it is that you're doing with your clients when you have a client who has done all kinds of preparation, or even for you as a coach, if you do all kinds of preparation and then find yourself in a moment where you were not expecting, what you may find out is sometimes the plans and the preparations go out the window. You may have seen yourself that day looking like me, running in circles, trying to remember, where's the fire extinguisher? Where's the fire extinguisher? Well, it's literally hanging on the wall in plain sight. It wasn't buried in a closet. It wasn't under the kitchen sink hanging on the wall in plain sight. And sometimes, by the way, this is also the greatest value in a coach. The coach is the person who can step in and calmly say, look, there's your fire extinguisher. Let's do this and then this. And, and so being aware of those things is really, really handy. And so there you go. There's a funny story from the man household thinking of Thanksgiving. Uh, but for me, Thanksgiving was a little different than for Justin. I, I came from a fairly small family. Uh, I didn't have a first cousin until I was 15 years old. Um, and, and even now, I have a grand total of six first cousins between two aunts and uncles. That's it. And my family was very much spread out across the country. And so in our family, Thanksgiving was always a time of travel. Thanksgiving was a time of being in a car for a very long time because we didn't have a ton of money and flying was out of the question. And so it was a family of four in a small car, oftentimes a two-door, for 10 hours each way. Lots of fun and often in the snow. And so a lot of times, like 
for a lot of people, this is a time of sometimes feeling stressed, of sometimes feeling pulled on in a bunch of different directions, of feeling outside of their element. If you're like me and you've ever ended up going to Thanksgiving at someone else's house, that can be even more awkward. Did that one year, went to a Thanksgiving at someone where I, I knew like my girlfriend at the time, now wife and her family and no one else there. It was this big Thanksgiving party. I'm, I knew almost nobody. Super fun. Really, really exciting. Um, but sometimes this season for us isn't one full of necessarily positive memories, but challenging ones. And so you may find yourself in this season. Your clients may find themselves in a season like this. And the stories that sometimes would encourage us, we may find ourselves challenged instead. And so part of the thing I love about this sharing of stories, I love that you brought up this topic, Lisa, the sharing of stories is how we create relationship back and forth. We share our history in stories. We share what we understand in stories. If you watch the Ramsey show or listen to the Ramsey show and you hear those debt-free screams over and over, those are stories. Stories are the ways that humans connect and share things in a special way. And so getting to share these things and being aware of these things is huge. So, in all of these, um, make a note. I'm making notes, y'all. I don't know if y'all are not, but it, it, in my head, I'm thinking, what am I learning from what Tim's talking about? And what am I learning from what Justin and Les have said? And with Tim, Tim, what I, what I, what, what stood out to me is number one, it that is funny, you know, catching the kitchen on fire on Thanksgiving. I mean, that is that is like classic, right? So when's yeah. the turkey done? When the fire alarm goes off. <laughs> That's what my mom always said. Um, and she went wrong because she wasn't the greatest cook in the world. Uh, we ended up eating out a lot on Thanksgiving, and uh, which leads me to a story. But I'm going to go here first, Tim, because that is that not most the most powerful? It, it it to think about the lessons that we learned from each less Justin's and Tim's story. Tim and the power of relationship. Um, it, now, what I thought was wonderful, I wrote down, was, you know, in the moment of that uh, crisis, momentary crisis, it, it, I'm glad you didn't Google. I'm glad you called your dad. Some of you might have called your mom or your aunt or your grandmother in that moment because, you know, they have experience. They have wisdom. They have something to share. Even in a, in a moment like that seems funny and simple. You know, my daughter called me this morning with a crisis. She was making, seriously, mom, call me. It's an emergency. <laughs> so I call her. And it's because she made the cream cheese uh, sausage croissants, the little bite-sized croissants that I always make wrong. And she didn't know how to fix it. And so she was supposed to take those for their Thanksgiving potluck today at work. And um, she was upset because she didn't have those. And uh, so her backup plan is to go to Kroger and buy frozen sausage balls and heat them when she gets to work. I mean, that's the best she can do, right? Um, but she called me in that moment, you know, to be the person that knows you can call somebody and count on them, or to be the one that can be counted on. You know, uh, that takes me to legacy, right, Justin? That's somebody's legacy. You know, I often ask myself, how did I become like the mom at work? you know, the, the work mom. And um, I, because I wasn't like just a few years ago, it feels like, but it probably was evolving that way then. Um, and I jokingly say, well, I want a work mom. <laughs> Who's my work mom? I need a work mom. And um, that, the, but the, the, just in the legacy that you described is my takeaway. Unless, geez Louise, to ask myself, can I be grateful when I'm fearful? I don't know. I'm guessing that I'll be tested probably sooner rather than later. Yeah, you're all stories. So I see them in the chat box. Y'all, guys, y'all have seen them in the chat box, right? You're all stories. Mm -hmm. There's a lesson to be learned out of a story. There's a lesson to be, there's, for some of y'all, these stories might have prompted a memory. You know, it took you back. So the idea of what do we take away from somebody's story, that powerfulness, Tim, of what what the effect of a story is and, and what we can be grateful for and how somebody has communicated that story 
right? Now, mm -hmm. I want y'all to speak to something here, though, right? Is that some, there's some on the, on the call here today listening, some coaches who struggle with that vulnerability. Not, you know, they're, 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 for whatever the reason, that but vulnerability is courage in action, right? Mm -hmm. it, 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 vulnerability will literally diminish shame. And when, when we think about that, I, I, I want y'all to talk a little bit about that, the vulnerability of a co coach. It, it, because there's a difference between, did you all hear the way they told their stories? There was emotion. And, and they were in the moment of their story. Coaches, when you share your story, I, I, I don't want you to go, well, you know what? We, we, we had X amount of dollars in, in debt and this and that, and we did this and that, and we did this and that, and, and, and now here we are, right? I would rather hear the power of the emotion in a singular moment of your story than for you to tell me the timeline of your story. That's different. So coaches, y'all talk about that for a moment, if you don't mind. How do you take the moment? How do you take the lesson learned? How do you take the emotion that comes behind the memory and use that? I, I love that you're connecting memory and story um, in, in a way that I sometimes do here. here here's everybody's un, unknown that it was needed neuroscience lesson for the day. So there you go. If you're into neuroscience, grab a notebook. <laughs> One of the things that we have learned in, <laughs> in the field of neuroscience and how memory works is that our memories stay intact. And in fact, we, we have reason to believe that everything we experience, we do in fact remember. The difficulty that we have, and even what we would sometimes think of as like a memory disorder, is not an issue of losing memories, but of not having the ability to recall them. Right? Imagine your, your brain, especially the memory center of your brain, works like a file cabinet. And sometimes we lose the keys and can no longer get in to the files. And so a lot of times when, when a memory pops up for us, especially if it's a memory you don't think about often, especially if it's a story you haven't told much before and then you find it popping into your mind, one of the first things I always ask myself is, why this memory? Why this moment? Why this memory? Why this moment? What is it about the conversation that I'm in that this is the thing that's coming to my mind? Because what is it that I'm about to share from this story that's going to connect with the person I'm going to share this with? What piece of relationship am I looking to build? What step in our back and forth am I looking to solidify? Is this a moment for me to display vulnerability so that they can also display it? Is this a moment for me to build trust so that they can know that I'm somebody that can understand difficult things? Is this a moment of I'm bringing this story in because it's hilarious and sometimes in the midst of a really difficult, challenging conversation, one of the best gifts we can give is laughter because laughter can be wonderful medicine. And not that we're trying to make jokes of things or laugh at inappropriate times, but sometimes if, if you're going to have an hour long session with somebody and you're going to talk about some really deep and heavy stuff, you have to find moments to laugh together or the session will actually not end up going anywhere that you want it to go. But if I can figure out why this memory, why this moment, I can a lot of times get to, this is what I'm trying to get to with this. You know, this is how we can learn to actually tell story well inside of our coaching sessions. Because when you can tell story well, you can connect with people on a very different level. But it starts with understanding what's my purpose? Why this memory? Why now? What are we trying to share with this? Am I just sharing this because I like talking about me? Or am I sharing this because this is a way that I'm going to help this person to get connected, to be heard, to be trusted? to not feel alone, 
What's my goal here? Yeah. Those are good questions. What's the reason I want to share my story? Is mm -hmm. it to build trust? Is it to connect with somebody so they don't feel alone? To show understanding that true empathetic authority, that authoritative, I guess you could say, empathy that we have the opportunity to, to present in our coaching sessions with people. Um, the word you didn't say in there, but all it's the only thing I felt is when, if, if I'm sharing my story, and it takes us back to the whole reason we're talking today, is um, if I share my story out of gratitude, there is no selfish motivation behind what we're saying. There is no self-promotion. There is no uh, look at me in any way, shape, or form. But if it comes from that heart of gratitude, right? Because how is the, the best way for someone to overcome being self-centric, right? To being others-focused is through gratitude, right? Gratitude of the heart. Boy, that's great. That preaches. Good stuff, y'all. Yeah, Lisa, Jody wants to know your story. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's a little different take, I guess, if, if I'm thinking about it. And, and, um, um, and if I'm thinking about just the holiday of Thanksgiving, really even into Christmas season, um, my mother was, um, she was a busy woman, um, raised six kids. Uh, she had a tragic really a tragic story in a lot of ways and beautiful story, but tragic. And she didn't put a lot of pressure on me for sure, but really any of my siblings, a little bit more with others but, than me for whatever reason. But um, uh, meaning that she didn't put a lot of pressure on, on me with setting expectations of, uh, you know, guilting me, you're not home for Thanksgiving, or you're not mm -hmm. doing this, or you're not, see, she many times worked Thanksgiving as a single mom, um, and she worked at um, variable shifts and things like that, sometimes on on Thanksgiving, Christmas, holidays, things like that, she even worked doubles, because she made double time, right, so she was creating the income to support our family, so she didn't put a lot of pressure on us to be where she expected us to be, and you know what? I think what, and now there, I have memories. We would, sometimes we went out to eat. Uh, she, my stepfather, she was married to for about four years. He passed away. We, those four years, we shared Thanksgiving with his family. So I do have some interesting memories from those things. But I think what happened for me is that I grew up, and when I started having children, um, I intentionally decided I'm not going to set those expectations on my kids that they have to be a certain way, a certain place, participate in a certain way, show up for me on those holidays. I mean, I love having my kids and my grandchildren all together, but I'm not gonna superimpose my expectations on them, especially now that they have children themselves. And it's come full circle in that they have thanked me. All of them have thanked me now for not doing that. I just tell them, listen, hey, this is what I'm doing on Thanksgiving Day. I want you to be there. If, if you can't be, I love you no matter what, and I'm missing you, but I'm not upset or disappointed or see my disappointment will come with setting expectations on somebody who has to fulfill my happiness, right? I don't have to be happy. I don't have to have all my kids there to be happy. So I don't set that expectation on them and it takes the pressure off. And uh, the last of my four children, the youngest one that called me today with her little, you know, uh, sausage ball crisis, she, um, she actually said that this year. She's about three weeks ago, she said, mom, and I could tell she was a little scared about approaching me with this. And um, she said, I, you know, my, my friend Alyssa just moved to Indianapolis and her fiance's up there, or well, her boyfriend, and he's proposing to her Thanksgiving weekend. And she's at, uh, he's asked me, he contacted me and asked me if I would come up and be there because I'll be her maid of honor. And, um, and I, she said, I, I'm going to leave Thanksgiving morning. I was like, oh. I was so, I was like, man, that's where you're supposed to be, girl. 
Absolutely, you need to go up there and be with your best friend. She's in a new city by herself. Her dad just passed away this last year. That's exactly where Jessica needs to be, right? I'm proud of her for making that choice. And she was a little concerned that I might be disappointed that, that, that I'm setting an expectation on her. So I think that my mom's gift to me that I'm hopefully passing on to my children that gift of, I'm not gonna set, burden you, here's that word. I'm not gonna burden you with my expectations. I think that that's mine. I think that's my story. And I do that with my clients, y'all. We can take that into coaching, can't we? Not burdening them with our expectation of how they should perform. Mm -hmm. that, that we can, All of these lessons we can take right into not only our own families, but into our coaching practices. So there's mine. Sorry, Les. I, now, now you're moderating. What do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> How's that well, for not being planned and prepared? <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. You know, I had the uh, I had the pleasure of being trained originally by Larry Burkett. Larry Burkett. If people don't know him, he was like the godfather of personal finance and responsibility and back all through the 80s and 90s. Um, and then a year later, uh, I met Dave and people kind of knew me like a church. They knew that I was familiar with Larry Burkett and I did classes and, you know, it was, was, you know, back then we were called counselors, financial counselors. Um, and I met Dave and I was helping people and they're like, oh, Dave, you know, and then, well, Larry. And, and they used to ask me, what's the difference between these two men? They both have great platforms. and. I said, the real difference, honestly, Dave's story. Dave's story, and we've all heard it, being in that shower and the water was so hot that he could barely stand it. And he remembers, and if he takes a call today on the show today, he will remember being in that shower and wanting to just, you know, let life go away. Um, he always will remember that. And I think when we have a story, it has to stay with us. And I think it has to be something that we use because it gives me identity with the people I'm trying to help. It helps them realize I'm not perfect. It helps them realize that I've messed up. And I think they look at me differently when I can actually share that just very humbly and don't have any airs about it. And listen, I didn't always do this perfectly. My goodness gracious. My, my wife would yell at me for five years. We got to save some money first five years of our marriage, we were flat broke because I kept telling her, nope, can't save. <laughs> I couldn't see past the end of my nose. Mm -hmm. Boy, they look at me differently when I tell that story mm -hmm. about how frustrated I made my wife because she came from a family of savers <laughs> when she met me. And I told her we can't save. Yeah. So that's a powerful story for my clients to hear yeah. that Les was a fool for five years <laughs> until he got a clue. <laughs> 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 hey, we are all only five that. years. <laughs> oh, I thought yeah. you were muting him. Okay, I'll see myself out. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I see, and and I love the example of that, Les, because it's just a momentary story that didn't take him more than thirty to ninety seconds, right? Um, to share that and connect in that moment, but you know what? I'm guessing there was an element of fear in that realization, right? Um, and, and then, you know, to make that decision, I asked that question in the chat box, y'all think about that for a moment. Take those moments that created your story. Now, the thing is, is there is the large story. There's the long story, the one that has never ending chapters, right? Um, and then there are the pieces of the story that are usually more powerful. And, and Justin, you, um, uh, you like to draw that out of people. I hear that on your development calls. There is uh, that you challenge in such a way so that there is a new story or a twist to the story um, that, the, that the client is saying. And we're not using the word, uh, this, is, um, this is something important to remember. We're not using the word narrative. You know, narrative, that word narrative in, in today's culture means that we're, uh, that we are um, directing or driving people's thinking. Plotting or planning. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Story is different when you challenge people with new perspectives, right, Justin? 
Yeah. And, and those of you that know me, I'm, I am not great at slowing down and sitting in the hurt with other people. Some people I think have a great gift with that. I, I'm okay at it. I'm decent at it. But one thing that I love doing, uh, Lisa, this is something you called out, is I love digging for, finding and drawing out the, the moments in clients or in coaches that I'm working with, the, the positive, the aspirational, where you see the, uh, the eyes light up. And, you know, it could be, it could be when Les is doing his chips and salsa talk on the 301 development call. <laughs> See, he's he's already lit up. He's already lit up. I know Did I ever tell moment. you how to make nachos? No, oh, no. stop. Uh, <laughs> we, we only have 19 minutes left yet, Les. So we'll save that for another day. Look how quickly he lit up. I know one of his moments. I love digging and mining for that in people because uh, one of one of the things that I really love doing as a coach is helping to orient people back towards the future and digging out these moments of, of joy, of uh, happiness may not be the right word, but just the positive moments in life that we get excited for, that we light up for, because we do a lot of hard work with our clients and we expect our clients to do a lot of hard work. And we here in these four boxes, we coaches here on the Ramsey team, we see the hundreds of you that are on this call and we expect you all to do a lot of hard things, building your coaching practice and having the success and the impact and the legacy that you all are gonna have with the people that you work with. That's not easy. That's hard work, but there's, if we can dig underneath and I can help you find that joy, that spark, that thing that lights you up and gets you on fire or, you know, get you talking about that, that time, that moment that, that Les and Lisa were talking about there just a minute ago about Dave's story. We all, we all know that. And you can call yourself back to that moment. That's why I shared my story about family and legacy at the top of the call. That's just such a, that is a key moment in my life that I want to replicate towards the future with my family, with my kids, creating those types of moments. That's what I live for. Some of the best stuff. Uh, and it's not, it's not something I can buy with money. Money helps, right? Money helps in life to set us up to do those types of things. But I love helping people identify those moments. What are those things that they want to do? What's the fire that's lit underneath them? And helping to encourage that flame to grow into something that keeps them fueled so they can go out and do the hard things that are necessary to live a good, fulfilled, impactful, legacy-driven life. Because that's the life worth living. Yeah. And Justin, it's also a reminder, a legacy-filled life. If, if we just captured, if we just parenthesis that, right, um, that's very proactive. A legacy-filled life. It's, it's active. And you know what? The only moment we have to be active in is the moment that we're in, right? It's always so interesting to me that legacy is past, but it's also future, right? because our past affects the future, but the only moment we have to affect it is in the moment that we're in. And even uh, our, for us, our Thanksgiving this year, none of the children will be around. That's, that's, as a matter of fact, I was joking with my husband last night. I'm really grateful for that. <laughs> we've had a little, we, we've had a little chaos in our lives over the last really three to five years, a lot of stuff. And uh, a lot of kids and a lot of grandchildren and a lot of help and, and they have their own stories. And um, I told my husband, I said, you know, it kind of feels good to just be able to sit in gratitude quietly this year. I'm really excited about the idea of that. But that doesn't mean I'm going to be, my stillness doesn't mean I'm going to be um, dormant or, or, or uh, asleep or whatever, you know, be nice if I was sleeping. But there'll still be proactivity. I can't help but think the whole day will be prayer filled and praise filled. 
you know, it, by keeping my mind there and it, actively participating in all of my children's and grandchildren's lives. And my friends, my friends, I've already bought a new stack of thank you cards because I was out because I'm thinking while I'm watching the Macy's Day Parade, Thanksgiving Day Parade, I think I'm going to get some thank you cards out, not Christmas cards, some thank you cards out this year. So I love, legacy is kicking me in the tail right now, um, Justin, because that it's that's proactive. It's in the moment, leaving legacy in the moment that you have. That's good stuff, Justin. Uh -huh. there, there's a passage that came up, and I know that we've had a passage or two of scripture shared already in the chat box. Um, but I think this is really important as we're thinking about the importance of storytelling and passing this on, and even the ideas of what Dave has shared what we share with our clients in these moments. And uh, this is maybe a little bit more obscure, but I'm gonna go to uh, Psalm 78, right? The one that we all have memorized. <laughs> but Psalm Remind 78, <laughs> Psalm 78, one through seven. My people hear my teaching, listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from of old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from our descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. He decreed statues for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. Y'all, there's such power in story. In sharing what we've learned, what we've walked through, the pain, the frustration, the challenges. At the beginning of the call, Lisa was talking about the fact that we have a tradition here at Ramsey Solutions where we have people get up on stage and share the things that they are thankful for over the past years. And, and I'll just be very level with y'all. Those are very, very difficult conversations oftentimes. Every so often there's a good funny story peppered in, but this morning, Les got to share with us of his thankfulness for his dad who passed away back in September. Mm -hmm. Lisa mentioned that I've stood on that stage in Thanksgiving and I did last year, just after the loss of our first son. And having stood there in front of a lot of people and saying, this is, these are the things we've walked through, right? Like I, I'm gonna venture a guess here that for one reason or another, every single person on this call walks with a limp metaphorically, sometimes even physically speaking. We've been through some stuff. We've walked through some pain. We've seen some difficulty. We've experienced trauma and hardship and loss. And y'all, our clients need some of these stories. Our clients need us to be relatable. Our families need us to be relatable. If we're actually going to change a toxic tide of culture, if we're actually going to get into people's mindsets and talk about what we're doing and why we're doing it, and what's more important, it's gonna have to start with our stories. People don't change most of the time based on philosophies, they change based on stories. So really be thinking about in this time of, of year especially, but even if you're catching this later on, if you're listening to a recording of this months afterwards, you're listening to this in July, and you're like, what's all this talk about Thanksgiving? This is still important. Your stories matter. And this is how you're going to connect with real people. And this is like, just was saying, this is a lot of times the way we can spark real change. We can spark real opportunity because people connect to story. They connect with seeing these things play out. They want to know that it's possible. And it's one thing to say this is possible on paper. It's another thing to say it's possible because I'm living it. Let me show you. Let me show you what God has done. Let me show you what's different in my world because of these things happening in my life. Mm -hmm. It'll change everything. Yeah. And I want to I want to pull on a common thread through a lot of what we've talked about. These are all stories with other people involved. This is hard to do by yourself. Some might say impossible. That's one of the questions I asked earlier, uh, building off of Tim's point, who's your 3 a.m. person that you call? And the second part of that, 
who are you willing to be a 3 a.m. caller for? And I love that picture Tim painted of walking with our clients through their struggles, through the stress of life, through all the different things. Be willing to go on that journey with the people in your life. And also, look for people to be in your life that can walk alongside you. Don't try to do this coaching thing by yourself. You need people in your own corner. So some of you on this call, you may be maybe someone that, that doesn't have that 3 a.m. person in your life, that good friend, that support network, the family, um, the faith community. Maybe that's something that you need to work on, building that support network. And I don't just mean other financial professionals, right? Your network of, of people that you can work with, but real people that you can walk alongside life with. Life is so much better. And this is as an introvert and as a five who'd much rather be in a cabin left alone. Life is much <laughs> better spent with other people, deep, good friendships than by yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was the whole purpose of God creating man, right? For relationship. And he, then he went on to say, it's not good for man to be alone. Right. Go ahead, Tim, with your joke. Come on. Les was there. Come on. Uh, you know, so, oh, sometimes. He missed it, y'all. No, it's, it's that sometimes <laughs> it's just such low hanging fruit <laughs> that I just, I just got to let somebody else have no. it. No, no, I, I, um, uh, it, it really, honestly, I was thinking about Les in this moment for the reason that, um, uh, Les, you are somebody that as I've watched you over the last 18 years, you create relationship very effortlessly. Mm -hmm. um, Les is approachable. Uh, Les is just an open book. When the time is right, when appropriate, right? And um, he's welcoming. Um, you know, I, th I think that the, you know, we talk about spiritual gifts at times, and you've probably heard coaches, pastors preach on those and various things like that. The gift of hospitality, I believe, is from the inside out, right? You can make some, less is the kind of person that can make somebody feel welcome, no matter what's happening around them. And you all probably know people like that. So if you're thinking, I don't have that 3 a.m. person, the person that I just described is your 3 a.m. person. They, you really do. They probably, there probably is someone. Right? So think through that, you all. And as, as Justin's talking about building that team, that, that, those people around you, then identify those people. They're there. They're there. We've got to open our eyes and look for them. But it's that person I just described is that 3 a.m. person. Because they're not, we, again, we, we, that word burden comes back to my mind in our heads. And that's what the enemy wants is for us to think I'm going to burden someone with that call. I'm going to burden someone with that request. I'm going to burden someone. They don't have time for that, right? I know, how many of y'all have ever started a conversation? I know you're busy. <sighs> sure, everybody's busy. That's not the point. That's a lie. It, yep. it's, it's an excuse, right? That's good. Believe in a lie, Justin. Well, I, and again, because we love our scripture verses on Real Talk, especially <laughs> all, all the time, but especially on Real Talk, uh, from Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Now, loneliness is the single greatest difficulty in the human condition. I, I will boldly say that if I ever write my doctorate thesis, you heard it here first, that's going to be what my doctoral thesis is on, is the impact of loneliness. You look at loneliness, loneliness is the cause of practically all addiction issues, 
of practically all mental health issues. Loneliness existed prior to sin entering the world. It's the first thing in all of creation that God saw that it was not good for man to experience. God saw that it was not good for man to be alone. We don't belong in loneliness. We don't belong in isolation. It's one thing to take some time for yourself and to have a fortress of solitude that you can go hang out in and disconnect from other people for a little while and get your bearings. But y'all, we are social. We are made for each other. And so have these people in your life and you get these people in your life through story, shared connection. And by the way, stories are better shared. Telling yourself, yourself stories all the time doesn't work out so well. But put people in your world. By the way, people who don't have to be coaches, like Justin said, you can get people in your circle that are your biggest cheerleaders and supporters that don't understand what it is that you do. And that's an amazing, amazing thing. Because then you know they're not cheering you on because of what you do. They're cheering you on because of who you are. And they love you because of who you are, not because of what you do. That's right. And Dr. John Deloney talks about this a lot. So go listen to more of his stuff because he can help you guys on this. But one of the things I love that he talks about is if you're in that spot where you, you're feeling the loneliness, you're looking at your, your friend bank and it seems kind of empty, you are not a burden. But he also says, go first. Go first. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be weird. Asking someone to be your friend when you're 30s and your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, I don't care how old you are. It's going to be weird and awkward. That's okay. They're looking for someone too. So go first. Be bold. Step mm-hmm. out. You know, it, 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 you all you're talking, you're making me think, well, what, when it comes to these people, these relationships, right, which is going back to what we were thinking about in gratitude and story, story from, you know, even from food experiences, right? That's how mm-hmm. I started this. Y'all remember that? I was asking about food stories. And we we're talking about friendships and relationships now. Um, again, that's how, you know, breaking bread. It goes all the way back to that. That's how Jesus built relationship, breaking bread. And, you know, just asking somebody, tell me about your story. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, what's missing? What's missing in your life? I kind of joked a moment ago. Like, I was like, I want to work, mom. And I, I'm sitting here now thinking, I, I want to work, mom. <laughs> My mom's gone. My mother-in-law's gone, you know. Um, I f- suddenly found myself in, in that, that matriarchal position and, um, but I kind of need a work mom, y'all, somebody I can go to and say, I, I screwed up the sausage balls. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? You know, and, and, uh, because you know what, that's not petty. That nothing that's going on in your lives right now, y'all. If y'all stepping back right now and you're saying that's, I don't want to burden somebody with that. I was mentioning that a moment ago. Whatever it is, it is not petty. You, you know, people, people, when we've got a big thing going on, I have a friend that just lost her dad. I found out yesterday morning and her dad was a jazz legend. Played with Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin and the Vegas guy, he had stories and he was larger than life. And I know she is devastated and she has people rallying around her like crazy, right? Yet there was a young man a couple weeks ago. He had a nail in his tire, flat tire. It was 5.30 at work. Most people were already gone. I was still here. He was like, at least I I don't know if you can help me think through what to do about this. He and his wife only have one car and they have four children. See, that sounds like a small thing, right? He didn't want to burden me. I was like, hey, we got this. I'll give you a ride home tonight. I'll pick you up in the morning. You can get the people here to fix your tire in the morning. Because here in Tennessee, it's like pitch black midnight at 530, y'all, right? And he didn't want to burden he just, all he had to do was ask though, right? Nobody knows what you need unless you tell them. Leave that in the not. old song. What is it? Lean, lean on me. <gasps> no yeah. one can fill those of your needs if you won't tell them. 
So you might think it's a little thing. You might think it's an insignificant or burdensome thing. That is not true, y'all. That's a lie. Dustin, you said that a minute ago, right? That's a lie. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. Yeah. Don't rob the opportunity for others to be a joyful giver to you. Mm -hmm. Well, um, we're a minute over, y'all. I, I, I got, a, I got one, one final I'm, verse to close us out. That's Lisa. what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna ask. Who's got something left over for us? Yep. I got, I got this one. I think this is a great way to wrap up today's call. This, everywhere we've been. First uh, Thessalonians five sixteen through eighteen. Rejoice always. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Thanks, everybody. We love us some Jesus around here, that's for sure. You know what? You can always give us a call. We'll be your 3 a.m.ers. All right. God bless you guys. Yeah. Thanks, Les, Justin, Tim. Amazing work today. I'm praying that the Lord bless all of you all of you for sharing and pouring into each other in this chat coaches here on today's panel you know y'all want to know some hearts big hearts hmm, they're right here they are right here i have no doubt that they cry for you that they weep over you all right god bless you guys enjoy your thanksgiving holiday and don't let it just be the one day we'll talk to y'all soon okay bye